Hello, and welcome to On Air with Air Cargo World. My name is Chelsea Talksauer, and I'll be your host. Today, we speak with Steve Smith, President and CEO at Washington, D.C.-based nonprofit Airlink. Airlink is a nonprofit organization working with aviation and logistics partners to transport relief workers and emergency supplies for reputable non-governmental organizations responding to rapid onset disasters and other humanitarian crises around the globe. Airlink's network consists of more than 40 commercial and charter airlines, as well as more than 100 international NGOs. Today, we speak with Steve about what Airlink and its partner carriers are doing to support COVID efforts around the world. What are you currently seeing in the market with the coronavirus? I mean, capacity is obviously tight. Are airlines being generous or do you see price gouging? How is that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, thanks for this, for this question. I mean, it's very clear that uh, airlines are being material impact, materially impacted by uh, coronavirus. Um, now, I mean, what we're seeing is, uh, you know, tremendous examples of generosity and, and you know, carriers uh, trying to help um, and being pretty creative about it as well. You know, Airlink, uh, with our partners, we've moved now 230,000 masks and 124,000 gowns uh, to support a number of NGOs. Um, we've had some great partners like Polar Air Cargo. I know they're more dedicated freighters um, that have supported us. Atlas is very generous in supporting us. Um, United Airlines um, and, um, you know, and I see a lot of um, United, United Airlines moved to uh, moving medical supplies. Um, and I've also seen a, a number of examples uh, where uh, passenger uh, airlines are sort of even strapping in, being creative, strapping in cargo to seats and putting cargo nets over the top. Yeah, wow. it's been interesting to see the creativity that's been going on in meeting the demand. So then where have you kind of seen the greatest need for capacity in terms of, you know, humanitarian aid and those donations? Yeah. Or- sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, some of the things that, you know, that we've seen, I mean, I, mean, I guess I'll just you know, back up a minute. I mean, one of the things that we've done uh, specifically with, uh, you know, uh, you know, one of our strongest partners, United Airlines, it's been, United Airlines has been uh, obviously heavily, heavily impacted like everyone else, um, but have been helping move uh, medical supplies. And we've also been moving in, uh, you know, re- repatriating um, um, some of our NGO workers that uh, because the NGO system, um, a lot of the NGOs have, uh, have, have called back their uh, their, um, their volunteers, their employees from uh, from various different projects. That doesn't mean they're not still ongoing with local uh, local people. Um, and so, um, but you know, your question was, where's the capacity needed? Um, we've got a big focus, understandably, on the U.S. and European countries right now. Um, I think, you know, the humanitarian sector has a general concern about the more fragile states and places and uh, where it's going to either go next or uh, what the knock-on effects are from there. Um, And I think, you know, further to that, I mean, we shouldn't forget that there are a lot of ongoing humanitarian situations, uh, refugee situations, uh, and, uh, you know, on the horizon, we've got the Atlantic hurricane season, uh, Southeast Asia's monsoon season, and then all all these uh, different flooding events that that continually occur during the year from uh, from from all of the, the climate crisis, um, and so you know that's where I think that um, you know the need is is sort of uh, trending. Uh, obviously, there's a big focus on uh, uh, on the U.S. US and European countries, and I understand that. 
but that's what they that's where the focus is uh uh you know short medium long term for the humanitarian sector yeah okay so i mean clearly the u.s and europe are getting a lot of attention in the news and they control a lot of the media um but that being said what are some of the more vulnerable nations and countries you're working with in the short term regarding coronavirus sure yeah, well, I mean, I think we're 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 working with now uh, a dozen or so uh, NGOs, and um, you know we're seeing demand to send uh, supplies to uh, various parts of various countries within Africa, um, some in Southeast Asia, Indonesia, uh, Philippines, um, and um, you know I think there's also going to be some trending toward uh, Latin America as well, and. Um, and so that's where we're that's where we're seeing sort of the demand from from across uh, you know a dozen or so uh, nonprofits that we're that we're supporting. How do you go about arranging those or meeting those needs? Typically, uh, what we do with uh, within Airlink is um, you know rally the aviation sector to uh, to support these flight needs, whether it's cargo or passenger. And um, and so I think that you know things are obviously very challenging. I mean, I think I heard that you know 55 airlines uh, um, have stopped operating, um, and so uh, that's obviously taken a lot of uh, belly freight out of the out of the market. Um, and so it's going to be uh, quite ca- challenging, especially in terms of the uh, the cargo side. Um, but you know, airlines are in the aviation sector are very generous. I think, and they, and they continue to be to the extent they can. Um, and so, as we look uh, to move things around to, uh, to support our partners, um, you know, we're going to have to use a combination of um, of income support uh, from the from the from the airlines, and also uh, financial resources uh, to offset some of the costs. How are you balancing that with your framework and, and your operations? Well, I think um, you know maybe. Um, the way, the way I would answer that is, that, you know, I think in your question was sort of, you know, we have the uh, regional um, response framework, um, and you know, have you had to change that? Maybe I can sort of uh, alter your question a little bit. And I, and I think the answer is yes. We have absolutely have to, have mm-hmm. had to, and we had to uh, somewhat, you know, pivot in this instance. Um, it's a global issue, and it needs a global solution. And so, um, you know, we, for, you know, I fully believe aviation will come back, um, albeit maybe slowly. Um, but I think to address these supply chain issues um, for uh, relief workers and supplies, we've 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 adopted a, a global program, and it's actually called Aviation Cares, Coordinated Air Response for Emergency Supplies. And um, really, sort of three phases. One is uh, phase one is uh, combating COVID-19 outbreaks around the world, so responding you know uh, right now to what's happening. Is phase two around uh, supporting these highly vulnerable communities um, as they uh, as they fight, you know, uh, uh, not just COVID-19 and the spikes there, but one of the things that we saw with Ebola is that as these health systems go down, it won't just be about protective gear or in the future, hopefully there's a COVID-19 vaccine, uh, which there isn't now, but it'll be about all different, a whole manner of uh, medicines because uh, when the healthcare system goes down, uh, everything goes down, and so there will be a knock-on effect that needs to be supported by these uh, these medicines um, and, uh, and and uh, medical supplies um, and, and other things uh, related to humanitarian uh, relief. 
Uh, and then I think phase three is that, you know, as I mentioned, we've got all of these uh, natural disasters and other on, you know, pending humanitarian crises uh, that are coming up. And so that's really um, what this program's uh, designed to address. Um, and again, it would be a combination of uh, uh, in-kind and financial uh, resources to, to support others. One of the most striking things for me, from my perspective, is is uh, sort of in its instance that, that it's this is so personal to each of us. Um, and you know, whenever you speak about COVID nineteen, every every time every conversation you have, you know, the first word out is like, "Wow, this is so unprecedented." Well, yes, it is on on pretty much all levels. But I think that what the thing that's most striking to me is that um, it isn't about necessarily right now having vulnerable populations somewhere else. I mean, that's the mission of Eric, yes, for sure. Um, but it's happening personally to all of us right now. And, you know, we're all sitting here in our basements and our bedrooms working on a laptop and can't go out of the house. Uh, and so um, that is, is really quite fundamental, especially from the humanitarian sector, um, because the humanitarian actors themselves are being personally impacted in their, at their home base. And so it's sort of rocking the foundation of, of, of the humanitarian sector and, 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 the, and the entire world. Um, and then I think, you know, in terms of the, the aviation sector itself, um, I, I think, you know, a lot of the aviation sector, I think aviation sector, you know, absolutely cares um, because I think that, let's not forget, I mean, the aviation sector, we use those words, but it, the aviation sector is actually just a large group of people that are working really hard to do their jobs like everyone else is uh, to keep the operations running. And I think ultimately, like all of us, they're just trying to feed their families and, and take care of and help other, other people in need. So, um, you know, I think that's important to, to bear in mind when we talk about the aviation sector. Um, it's actually just uh, a big group of people that are just trying to get on with their, 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 their daily lives. Yeah, it's definitely a universal issue. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. For those listening at home, be sure to check back soon for more news on the world of air cargo.